The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and I saw something quite amusing on a a website this week. Admittedly, I've forgotten which one. But it said, in honor of Disney Plus releasing the Hawkeye series, we're going to take a look back at the best archers in cinematic history and rank them. Who will be number one? Okay, it's Legolas, but where does everyone else fall? And I thought that was so (laughs) funny. That is funny. And accurate. Ac- quite accurate, yeah. Hopefully they had Kevin Costner down very, very low. I don't know. I, th- I think his stunt double did a good job. Kevin Costner himself, not as much. <laughs> and but, uh, yeah. in, 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 even so, the the first episode of Hawkeye, I, I know, two episodes are out. Rob, why didn't you watch them both? Because I got bored with the first one. I know there's a lot of exposition going on. I know we're being introduced to a new character. Um, And I I think another thing about this, and this is just me being me and being, I don't know if it's petty or not. It could be Tom Petty. I'm not sure. But did this have to be Christmas related? Because with all the Christmas crap that started I mean, not just this week, Christmas, where I live, started somewhere in mid-September, and I'm already tired of it. (laughs) So, I I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I think Christmas, all the Christmas stuff started actually about 15 years ago, and it just hasn't ended yet. We get like a week off for the 4th of July. Oh, good. Sparklers for everyone. And then, ho, 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 here, have a sparkler. Bite me. (laughs) I'm, I'm... I'm not meaning to be anti-religious. I'm just burnt out on Christmas. I want to put the word Jesus after that, but that would make it more Christmassy. Would make it more Christmassy. Anyway, as for Hawkeye, it it wasn't. I I didn't think the first episode was bad. I thought it was a good intro to the new characters. I liked the way they went back and did the. Here's a different perspective on Hawkeye's fight on the top of the building in Avengers, which was almost 10 years ago now. I like yep. that. It was nicely done. Um, introducing the new characters, bringing up new stuff. Um, I, I actually enjoyed the first one. I just haven't gotten to the second one yet. What do you think? I like it a lot. It's it's not going to be a, a big grandiose thing like WandaVision or Loki, but that, because that doesn't fit the character. I mean, you're not going to do... That's kind of the point is Hawkeye is just a person. He's a highly skilled person, but he's a person. And so this is going to be a a lower level, street level based story, which fits the character. That's one thing Marvel has always been terrific at because it's not all about, oh, let's save the planet every single time from the crazy space alien. It's also like, oh, here's a criminal enterprise and I'm going to stop it because they're hurting people. Marvel's been great at that, so that's what this story is. And, of course, it's based on the run of the comics, Hawkeye, with those graphics. <clears throat> and they, they can't replicate the way that comic looked, which was brilliant, because this is live action, and that would be really difficult. But to me, they really captured the tone. Haley Seinfeld is excellent in this. I mean, I think she's a terrific actress, and this is a great role for her. And I really love Jeremy Renner's performance in this, because... It, it, a lot of this is a lighter tone, definitely. 
in, in the second episode, which I did see, there's uh, a, a sequence with LARPers. I'll just put it that way. And it's very well done, and it's quite funny. But throughout this whole thing, you, you still you can see it in Brenner's performance that this is a guy who lost his best friend. This is a guy who lost his entire family for a series of years, who completely went off his rocker and went out and killed the bad guys, which is not what heroes are supposed to do. So he's dealing with the loss of his best friend. He's dealing with you know, the trauma of going out and killing people, which he shouldn't really have done. So this is a character who's still going through a lot. But really, all he really wants to do is have a nice Christmas with his family. That's his goal in this show. And it all gets thrown out of whack by the events that happen, and that's what the series is about. So Runner, Steinfeld's X, everyone's really good. Is it going to be as spectacular as One Division? No. No. I design. <clears throat> it's not going to be. But I really like this very grounded set. I really like that we see Clint Barton almost rarely. We see Clint Barton more than we see Hawkeye, and I think that's fantastic. I really like it. We see his family. We see... Uh, I was surprised to see some of the characters that came in, which is very, very cool. I mean, watch the t- two shows, and you'll, you'll know what happens. I like the way they reveal who one of these characters is. I mean, you may recognize him the first time you see him if you know the comics well. And if you don't, you'll figure it out by the end of the second episode who this character is. And I think it's great that they're bringing this character in. And no, I'm not talking about Kingpin. And no, we still don't know if Kingpin's going to show up in this series or not, although he should by the end of it. But, you know, we'll and because there's another character that shows up at the end of the second episode who definitely has huge ties with Kingpin, so it'd be pretty weird if Kingpin doesn't show. But I really, really like this. Uh, it's not going to be my favorite Marvel series on Disney+, Plus, just because, to me, it can't match WandaVision, which was off the charts. Great. But I really like it. For To me, they're doing exactly what they set out to do, at least in the first two episodes. Really enjoyable. Yes, it's lighter than what the other shows have been generally in tone, even though there's like death and murder and heinous crime and all the rest of it. But it's not as light as what the trailer made it appear to be. You know, they definitely played up the comic. Which is good because the trailer, I think, made it way too light. Yeah, I mean, to me, it didn't because I knew they weren't going to be that. I knew it wasn't going to be like the Thor episode of What If, you know, because they just weren't going to do that. But really good stuff and by the way all the stuff in the trailer that you see hasn't happened yet so most of the cool stuff that i have in the trailer that's coming so but again the interplay between kate bishop and clint i mean her her self-proclaimed very confident in no way self-effacing i'm the world's greatest archer (laughs) when she's talking to hawkeye which is why she took up archery because the scene that you mentioned she sees hawkeye she's his favorite avenger that's her hero worship, and yet she says she's the world's greatest archer. That's the key to that character, and Steinfeld absolutely brings that through. It's absolutely great, so I really, really like this series. Great <clears throat> fun, and it's definitely a short run because six episodes, and we only have gotten the first two, so it's going to wrap up. Oh, let's see. Right about Christmas time. How about that? Ooh, how convenient. So, uh, there is yeah. also a pro- – I, I should probably mention the protest that's going along with this show, though. 
um, because the the show definitely does take a lot of stuff from the Hawkeye series, which was uh, done by a, an artist named David, and I apologize for mispronouncing your last name. I think it's Aja. A-J-A. I'm going with Aja. Could be Aya. I'm not sure. Anyway, Marvel uh, never paid him, is my understanding of the situation anyway. So a lot of people are very upset with Marvel for not paying this guy who uh, inspired this TV series that Disney is making a ton of money from. I get that. I'm going to watch it anyway. I'm hoping they take this money that they're making and pay the man because he did the work and he did it. He did a damn good job of it. Um, they're even using the 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 font for the whole series, the the Hawkeye and the kind of lowercase letter looking stuff. I'm sure there's a name for the font. I don't know it off the top of my head. He's the one who came up with it. So, hey Disney, you got the money, pay the guy. Mm, so what did he what did he not get paid for? Uh, it's my understanding that he did. Uh, the art for this whole series and just did not get paid for it. Mm. Because that's, that's my understanding of it. What I'm reading, it says he would like to be paid for their Hawkeye posters. Okay. So he got paid for producing the comic, right? It's kind of hard to tell. Some sources say he did. Some say he didn't. Okay, now I think that's complete bullshit. There's no way that he produced an entire <laughs> series of a comic and never got paid. That's ridiculous. That did not happen. Now, if he's not being paid for them adapting that work for this series, I can see that. But at the same time, this is, goes to the whole thing, this, this long-running suit of comic artist, and it's a work for hire, and is it not? Or not? I mean, But basically, if you work for a company and you produce work, it's their property. Should they pay him? Absolutely. Do they yes. legally have to? I mean, if you produce something or if I produce something for my company, I don't own it. They own it. I know that going into it, that's what I signed. Is like, should he get money? Can Marvel afford it? Yes, 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 yes. But for someone to boycott this, I mean, typically I'm totally on the side of labor, but this is not like, oh, because it makes it sound like, oh, I made this great, amazing comic and they never got paid for it. It's like, that's bullshit. And they did not steal his artwork. He produced it for the company. How is that stealing? It's like, hmm, let's see, you had a job, you created this, they published it, they paid, it, paid you for it. Unless it's in your contract that you retain the rights to that property... I bet that's not yeah, in the I don't, I don't think he could have. I mean, this is a character that was created, I'm fairly certain, before he was born. I think he's just talking about the, the he's not talking about the character. He's talking about the grat. And I get that. He's talking about the design, just like you said, you know, because it's a very iconic artwork, the style, you know. But again, like they couldn't adapt the actual style of the comic itself because it's live action. Right. But, you know, it's clearly is the inspiration for promotional materials. Yeah, I get that. However, was, was he not paid for that? So he's not credited anywhere in the series credits. So it's like, okay, they should have credited you for he it. should have. But, but are people watching? It's not him that's boycotting. That? It's fans who have realized right, the situation. So, But he's the one making a big deal out of it. And it's like, 
are people watching this because of the graphics or are they watching it because of the character? I mean, let's be realistic. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is one of those things that's like, dude, you know, at some point, you've gone overboard with this. I mean, if literally he didn't get paid, if literally they owe him for the work that he did 10 years ago, there's an issue. But to say it's like, oh, they're ripping me off. It's like, no, dude, they're not. They're not ripping you off. Should you be credited? Sure. It's like, oh, graphics design. It's like, yeah, there's your graphics design. It's like, oh, Hawkeye title designed by. Okay, cool. Awesome. I I, personally, this is just for fans to boycott this show is go go ahead and deprive yourself of a character that you love because this guy wants to get paid for something he did 10 years ago. Makes perfect sense to me. Like, no, dude, sorry. This is this is one time I am not behind the artist because it's not like you got signed to do this for this series and then they didn't pay you. It's like, this is their property because you did it for them as your job. Sorry, buddy. It's, it's a weird situation. Just wanted to bring it up. And I was going to say, gee, I wonder if Todd has an opinion on this. Yeah, apparently he does. (laughs) I mean, but it's just one of these things. It's just, I think, you know, you you are not an independent contractor. Yeah. Should you? Yeah. If they retain the rights to that, it's like I would love for. I can't think of the, his last name, but the the guy who created Thanos is like, should he get some credit? Which is a totally different thing, like you said. Yeah. This, this guy didn't create Clint Barton, but Jim. It's not Stranko. Shit, I can't Was think of his name. No, it wasn't. Oh, Jesus. No, it wasn't Shooter. But whoever created Thanos and didn't see a cut, that makes a hell of a lot more sense. Then it's like, well, I made the graphic. It's like, oh, yeah. All I did is I tuned into the show and I watched the graphic for 15 seconds and I turned it off because that's what meant a lot to me. It's like, no, dude. Sorry. How about Jim Starlin and Mike Friedrich? Starlin. There we go. Yeah. We'll get there. Lots of gyms going on at Marvel. Seriously. They deserve some money. Absolutely. Uh, Let's move on to another TV series that finished actually last week. And we should have had this on last show, but I hadn't gotten to it yet. Yes, I'm getting behind. Blame the holidays. Uh, Foundation wrapped up season one. And I, I did like the fact that they finally started getting a little bit more in tune with the first book. Um, yes, I do realize that they did a lot of stuff with the later books and merged them all together into one semi-cohesive series. Um, again, it, it's I'm not saying it's a bad series, but it's not the way it's not. It, it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. And that's me being selfish, I guess. Um, it, it, it's good. I'm enjoying it. It is interesting it is a bit slow paced, but then again, it's supposed to be slow paced. It's not an action adventure series. Right. Um, I'll get to something fast paced a little in, in a minute, but <laughs> I, I thought it was good. It, w- it was certainly beautiful. Uh, they didn't spare any money in the special effects department. There is not anything in it where you go, oh, that's a horrible effect. All of it was beautiful, but it still had. I think some slow issues and trying to do, I think the books were written the way they were written because it makes the story easier to follow. And the 
squishing them all together to make the TV series doesn't work as well. And this kind of hammers home the issue of uh, <clears throat> why this was why that took them so long to adapt it to a TV series or a movie or anything is because you'd have to film all the stuff, all the scenes with all the actors now and then slowly release them over the next several years to do it the same way the books did in not exactly flashback form, but close enough to it. And that would take a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and filming all of that at once and then releasing it all later, thats an, that would be an enormous risk. So yeah. I get that. So, it, yeah, it's a really weird series to kind of to, to film, to put together. And they I think they did as good a job as they could have done without, like I said, filming all of it at once and then releasing it in different sequences. Um worth watching give it a shot if it's not for you read the books i think the books are considerably better which strangely they usually are yeah usually but, uh, that's the case exactly what do you know uh i don't know did you finish watching the series because i know you got a few episodes in at least yeah i have not watched any since then just because as i mean i like the series but as you know, we've talked about this several times. There's so much on. I mean, if there were 28 hours in a day, you still wouldn't have time for everything because yeah. we got to do <laughs> things like, I don't know, sleep, go to work. Uh, well, there's a lot of there are other things, podcasts, and there's a lot of things you have to do besides just watch. The kids stuff. might need to eat. <clears throat> Must make kids food. Mm, yeah, probably. Eventually, I'll do it. Eventually, I'll get to it. Well, maybe over the holidays, the other, the next wave of holidays, St. Swithin's Day, I'll, I'll catch up on Foundation. But other yeah, things. Let's move to something a bit more action packed, <clears throat> fast paced, although Shakespearean, even. Indeed. Although, thankfully, there is not a whole lot of Shakespearean speak in this movie. I'm going to go back a bit to the year 2000 when a little film came out called Romeo Must Die, which I enjoyed the crap out of this movie. Um, is it the story of Romeo and Juliet? Kinda. Only not really. Uh, Romeo, in this case, is played by Jet Lee. Juliet is played by Ilea. And I, I think this was her last role before she died, actually. Um, but they play the children of of respective crime bosses in Oakland who, and, and this amuses me as well, who are trying to get an NFL team to come back. So they ha have to make a deal with this guy who's proposing to the NFL and they have to get all these properties back. Uh, whether they're buying the property up or stealing it from the people so they can have a place to build the stadium, to put the team and it ends up being a, an Asian gang versus the African-American gang war with Chet Lee and Ilea accidentally getting together. They don't exactly fall in love or anything, but they get together and realize, oh, look, our parents are not doing nice things. Maybe we should stop them. Uh, act, and it becomes an action adventure movie from there. And it's a lot of fun um, because there is a lot of comedy in it. Uh, this is the first movie I saw uh, Anthony Anderson in. Huh. And 
he's very funny in just about everything I've seen him in. He's been very funny. I've enjoyed watching it. So uh, he plays, uh, let's see, Mo Ron. No, man, it's Mo Reeves. Um, Just on that alone, it's a fun character. Yes, it's a running gag. Yes, you'll catch on to it. Um, God, who else was in this? Isaiah Washington was in this. He plays a great character. Uh, and I'm going to mispronounce your name, and I apologize. Deloy Lindo plays Isaac O'Day, the head of the uh, the O'Day family, of course. He's going to, uh, and, and they announced this this week, too. He's going to be in the forthcoming Blade series. I'm going to assume as Whistler. Uh, and he's, oh, yeah. And he he's was a in, great actor. Uh, DMX is in it, which is kind of this was when DMX seemed to pop up in every movie that year. Did you notice that? Yeah, he was he was in a lot of films and then in it for sure. Oh. Yeah, really? Lind- the harder they fall too. the movie we talked about last week. So he's been busy lately, which is very cool. But, yeah, th- this has got a it, it's a fun film. It's not for kids because some of the. Uh, Martial arts action sequences do do some graphic stuff. Chunky. So yeah, yeah, not not for the kids. Yeah, there's there's language involved. Not for the kids. You know what? Everybody else enjoy the movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but what I want to know is is there smoking involved? Because uh, that still cracks me up every time that shows up on parental guidance suggested. <laughs> Excessive because language. Because someone is smoking. Decapitation. Oh, and smoking. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Currently, you can get you can rent it uh, from Prime Video or just straight up buy the DVD on Amazon. It is also on HBO Max. There you go. So many ways to view it. That is. I've got the DVD, so I, I apparently got it before the, the the smoking thing. Yeah, you're right. That does that gets me. I think it's very funny. But it's not on the DVD, which is a shame. <laughs> oh, back then smoking was cool. If you have well, DVDs, you know, they have to censor that kind of stuff now. <laughs> yeah, now you can't smoke. Yeah. Now, they, now they digitally remove the cigarettes and you just see this random little bits of smoke whiff, wafting through scenes. That'd be really funny. Wafting. Did you ever see the Top Gear episode where they uh, they gave them they, – they were going through uh, – it was one of the Christmas episodes. They went through the Porsche store. And found Porsche pipes. So they all had Porsche pipes. But when that episode got made its way over to the States, they pixelated the pipes. So you allegedly couldn't tell what they were. Oh, that makes perfect sense. So it, they're, it really, they're talking about it. You can see them smoking. And all of a sudden, oh, the bottom half of all of their faces became pixelated. I don't know. So that, they're holding sex toys up to their mouths, as far as you know, because it's pixelated. That makes perfect sense, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, like I said, it's the kind of thing you have to censor. Insane. I'm, I'm going for a segue there. Censor, yeah. indeed. Yeah, so I watched a film which actually came out early this year. It's still 2021. This came out in January. And it's called Censor. Well played, Ooh. sir. A, a small little horror film. Came out, like I said, in 2021. It is available on Hulu, I believe, at this point, as far as the streaming things. And, of course, you can buy it wherever wherever you buy your uh, digital entertainment. Uh, <laughs> other types, because you can't watch those. So this is set in the 70s. This is set in Great Britain. It's a 
British Welsh co-production. And luckily it's not in Welsh because I would not be able to understand a word of it. <clears throat> now, some films that are in the mother tongue, assuming that you speak English, because if you can't, I don't know how you're listening to us. But sometimes when they're filmed in Great Britain or especially in Wales, it can be difficult to deal with the accents because sometimes they have fairly strong accents as we would to them. Not in this case. So you don't have to worry about it. I have no clue what the hell they're saying. So perfectly fine. But it is, again, like I said, set in the 70s. And it follows a woman who has a job as a film censor. As in the people who watch movies and decide, okay, well, we're going to improve this part. We're going to improve this part. No, this part, you can't You can't have this part. This is just too graphic. You're going to have to cut this part out. We're going to have to pixelate these pipes. There you go. <laughs> and this was, as they called them at the time, uh, the time when video nasties first became quite popular. We're talking about movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, films of that were really brutal, very violent. And there was a lot of talk, and there's still some talk about that, that uh, films like this made people more violent, more likely to go out and commit murder, which is just, yeah, not really. I mean, uh, you know, I watch a movie about, I don't know, ice skating, and it doesn't make me want to go ice skating, so yeah, I don't really buy into that whole thing. But that was a big topic at the time. So she's watching Can't these you films. go ice skating in Florida? No, I guess yes, the hockey team's there. Never mind. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. There's a couple. <clears throat> Even the Stanley Cup champions mm. off and on. So, yay, lightning. Although I don't really care about hockey. So, the she's watching these films. And occasionally you see clips from these films. And yes, they are quite graphic. And these are all just done for this film. But she comes across this film that reminds her of an incident in her childhood. When her sister was abducted, never found again. She has a strained relationship with her parents because of this. And I mean, then this happened again, like I said, in her childhood. This happened like 15 years ago, I believe, something like that. Never found her sister. Her parents just figure her sister is dead. She refuses to believe that. Well, she sees this film and it triggers these memories and she starts doing this investigating. She tries to find out the director of the film. She the director of the film turns out oh my goodness there are ties to the abduction and it gets weirder and weirder from there because she starts to blend reality with the past you're not really sure what's happening after a, a point what's really happening to her or whether she's just conjuring this up things start getting violent things start mirroring the films that she's been watching pretty scary stuff Interesting commentary just on violence and how it affects people. And so it's part horror film, part drama. Definitely a good film. Definitely recommend it. Is it one of the best films of the year? No. But if you like horror films, if you like horror films that aren't just stupid slasher, oh, my God, I didn't see that coming kind of stuff, which I hate those kind of films because they're boring and stupid. Uh, definitely, definitely very worthwhile film to watch. And by the way, there is one jump scare in this film, which I thought was hilarious because all it is is someone jumping out and yelling. That's all that happens. So it's not a jump scare. It's like, oh, my God, the knife came from nowhere. No, it's just someone surprises somebody else, which happens in real life. 
and she yells because not because she's scared, just because she's upset about the situation. And that's the one jump scare. And I thought that was brilliant the way they kind of turned the whole concept of a jump scare on its head. So censor, good stuff on Hulu or wherever you buy your happy stuff or your scary stuff for that matter. Maybe we should get back to something we understand a little bit better because horror is not my thing. I do music better. Do you have something musical? Something musical indeed. So a lot of people have heard about this as opposed to censor. Peter Jackson. You guys may have heard of Peter Jackson. He's done a few just a few movies here and there. Uh, the Frighteners. That's the one that always comes to mind for me for him. Oh, yeah. But, uh, absolutely. <clears throat> he is a huge Beatles fan. And much like he did with the Lord of the Rings, he took his fanboy status and turned it into a lovely production for other people. So he <clears throat> got footage of the Beatles working on the Let It Be album. So uh, Beatles are my favorite band, but I'm not like a major fanboy or I know everything about everything about the Beatles. So there was a lot of new information about this. But the concept here was they were approached. OK, here's the deal. We're going to do an album. And you're going to do a live TV show. And we're going to record it for that. And then we're going to do a documentary about making this thing. So it was like a three-part thing they were going to do. We're going to do the Let It Be album. And this is going to be great. This is going to be a live show. You guys haven't done, you haven't toured, you haven't done any shows for quite a while, blah, blah, blah. So that's the setup. They're going to do this. And for some reason, the Beatles decided they're going to do all new music for this. They're going to do 14 songs, which is what they decided to do. They have two weeks because that was the setup, because that's how much time they had. Because Ringo Starr was about to film the movie The Magic Christian, so he was going to be busy. So they had two weeks to write 14 songs. They didn't have any songs ready for this. Okay, Why? that's something I didn't know. So, wow put themselves through this i have no idea because it doesn't really approach that but that's what they decided to do so they're going to write 14 songs they're going to rehearse the 14 songs they're going to learn the 14 songs they're going to do dress rehearsal they're going to do two shows live shows in a tv studio they're going to intercut those two shows into one special which will then be broadcast the next night as the show and then they're going to of course film it and they'll release that and there'll be a documentary and all this other happy stuff. So that was the setup. So there was 60 hours of footage taken of this entire process. Peter Jackson cut it down to what he thought was told the most interesting story. So this is on Disney Plus, and it aired Thanksgiving night, the night after, and then the following night. It's all available now. So three episodes. They're each over two hours long. The total... Total length is almost eight hours. So this is a pretty long show. But it's to an me, investment. It's an investment. And if you like, I, seriously, if, even if you not, I mean, if you dislike the Beatles, don't watch it because that would be bizarre. But if you're not particularly interested in the Beatles, but you are interested in the creative process, highly recommend it. Because this is a fascinating look at creativity, how it works. I mean, personally, I think it's the how how geniuses work because musical geniuses, yeah, that totally fits. And I mean, it's just you can see 
I, I, I was, I was going to say the seeds of what pulled the beetles apart are there. It's much more than the seeds. I mean, these suckers have sprouted, and some of them are like three or four feet high. But at the same time, you can see the camaraderie. You can see how much fun, how much joy they got out, out of working together. So some parts are hard to watch. Most of it is really fun to watch, though. And it's fascinating to see how these songs came together, how the album game came together, how the entire concept changed. And I'll just say it changed a lot. That's all I'll say. But really, really amazing to see how all this came together. Billy Preston, if you know the Beatles, I'm sure you know Billy Preston was often called the fifth Beatle. And he was a big part of this album. He just happened to drop by because he had met them when they were playing in Hamburg back in the day. And he dropped by to say hi. And they said, dude, we need some keyboards on this. And we were going to overdub it with Paul. But the way it was set up, they weren't going to do any overdubbing. They were just going to record it as is. So Paul couldn't play keyboards and bass. So they needed a keyboard artist. And it's like, hmm, who can we get? Oh, Billy Preston is actually better on keyboards than Paul. So, yeah, that might be kind of cool. <laughs> so they just kind of said, hey, want to play? And he goes, uh, yeah. So, yeah, very, very cool. And uh, it's just fascinating to see the, the relationship at that point between all four of them uh, to see uh, issues that George was having. Um, not like personal issues, just issues as far as the music and the rest of it and how they dealt with their producer. Uh, a lot of insight into problems that they had professionally because of the death of their manager which happened not too long before this happened, before they recorded this. And absolutely fascinating. Absolutely love this. Because like I said, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not a glimpse. It's eight hours of watching. Watching them do their thing. Of something fantastic. I mean, the Let It Be album right. is just incredible. And the, how they changed venues and how this, pro, this program completely changed and how... You know, the producer, the director of the film, because, again, it was going to be originally going to be a film. And he was pushing really hard for one particular venue and they're not particularly interested in it. He keeps pushing. And it's like, dude, shut up. He's, he's pushing so hard to sell this. And it's like totally wrong. Total, I mean, sorry, totally happy that the Beatles went out on, on this particular concept. But again, it's called The Beatles Get Back. It's on Disney+. Plus. And it's an investment because it's going to take about eight hours. But, man, is it ever, ever good. Great. Stuff. I did see a thing where Disney Plus said they're wanting to censor some of the language that's in it. Uh, they censored nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they haven't yet. Um, yeah. <clears throat> there, there's rumors that they might later because apparently there are some naughty words said. No, there's lots of naughty words said. Um, if, you know, if they're going to do that... Go ahead and do that and have an alternate version available by all means. I mean, I don't have any problem. Put it on Hulu. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, kind of be the episode. But, I mean, you know, put, go ahead and put the kids version of Get Back and, and go ahead and cut it down, you know, and have Peter Jackson work with you on it. That would be smart. And make a shorter version of it. Make, you know, make a two and a half hour version of it and cut out the language. And, I mean, if you're going to cut the language, because they do use some naughty words occasionally. Then you can cut out some of the more adult references as well. And, you know, if you want to make a kid-friendly version, it's like, go ahead. But don't change what you've got. 
Because right. that would be absolutely stupid. Make another version? Sure. We but, don't want them to censor it. I mean, the Beatles are the yeah. foundation of all of the music we have today, I think. I mean, you know, kind of Hawkeye-like accuracy on the whole thing. See what I did there? I went back and mentioned just about everything yeah. that we talked yeah. about during the show, except Romeo Must Die, because he just didn't. It did, He had to, and it didn't fit anywhere else in the story. No, it didn't. I'm just saying. But it was, it was totally worth it. And there's a lot of... Uh, I mean, basically, this is like an eight-hour outtake almost of of, the, of those sessions. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, and there's little graphics pop up and say, oh, this is what they use for the album, and this is what they use for the album. And it's very interesting to watch to watch how that process went and how... Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. This is post-production. Hi, Ted.